0: Vegas Fever Podcast. Jason and Paula here with you on a Tuesday. Uh, not our usual Sunday show. Life has taken over and we are have been very, very busy with kids and moving. Paula's here with us. Hello. Hi. And we have a, a pretty cool show, I think. A lot to talk about. Um, uh, we'll talk about f- five Golden Knights games and uh, UNLV played. Um, there's some Silver Knights and some and some UNLV Lady Rebel stuff in there. Um, I wanted to first touch on UNLV. They lost their chance at getting uh, a top five finish with that loss against San Diego State on Wednesday. Uh, they lost 71-62. to 62. Uh, Bryce Hamilton only had 9 points. He fouled out with less than 2 minutes left to go in the ballgame. And if, if Bryce has the normal Hamilton type of game that he usually has, you know, at least 10, 10 12, 14 points more, UNLV might have been able to pull this one out. The game wasn't really as close, and that's kind of the theme of, of this week with UNL, with both UNLV's games. Um, The game wasn't close. I know it's less than a 10-point Victory uh, for San Diego State, but uh, David Jenkins had 32 points. He had more than uh, he had about he had more than half of his team's points, and with that win, San Diego State won their second straight uh, conference title, regular season for the first time in their history. They'd never won two in a row, and they just did. And it took UNLV out of the top five, so with that, they would only be a six or a seven at best. Saturday, they go into Laramie, Wyoming, and both of these games were rescheduled by the Mountain West. UNLV was in better shape before they did this. It's not the only team that hurt, that got hurt by this type of scheduling, uh, rescheduling games that were canceled. Rebels lose to Wyoming 80 to 69, and three point shooting was the big thing that we talk about just about I think every week um Wyoming hit m- seven more threes than UNLV I believe UNLV was 3 of 13 from from behind the arc and Bryce Hamilton had 17 points he was um much better uh, Eduardo Delcadia came off the bench and he had 13 David Jenkins had 10 but past that you know 40 points uh, 40, or 45 points, UNLV didn't really do much else. Just a little here, a little there, just not enough. You can't come out flat against any team in this conference And Wyoming, uh, statistically and, and seeding wise in the Mountain West tournament, which we'll get to that in a little bit is not as good as UNLV and UNLV just, you know, they went up there and they were flat. They just didn't seem like they really wanted to play a game that they really shouldn't have played, but, with that, UNLV ends up being the 7th seed, and they play Air Force at one thirty Pacific Time tomorrow. And Air Force ended up being the ten seed. Air Force is not very good at all. Uh, they have three conference wins. They have five wins total for the year. I think they're 5-19, and 3-17 in conference. I mean... You know UNLV beat them twice at the and Mac. I don't really think that you know this this game should not be a problem. But it, but I keep thinking about the fact that it's going to be, because something just tells me that UNLV just can't wait for the season to end. That's that's the way I look at it. That's the way it looks like, and that's the way it's looked like for years. And it's just it's just transferring coaches. Every single coach. It just seems like we get to the end of the season. The season ends, and then there's this mass exodus. And I and From what I've heard and what I'm feeling, I think that that's going to happen again. I think you're going to lose four, five, six plus guys, which is going to really hurt the program. I think you might even lose your head coach, and that's becoming louder and louder and louder. It's the same thing we talk about every week. I think we talk about UNLV's three-point shooting suck, you know, sucking, and their coach might leave, and them not playing with any effort. It's the same rinse and repeat that we talk about, and even if UNLV gets past this first game, I don't really see them going any further. Uh, the tournament, UNLV's won a game in the tournament in 2018, the Mountain West tournament, and 2016, and other than that, they haven't, they've been two, uh, two and four, or two and five in the last seven years in the tournament. Most of the time, Friday and Saturday, and sometimes even Thursday, as early as, doesn't include UNLV on their home court, and it hasn't. They've been a, irrelevant. They're not They're not playing to the standard that they should be. They haven't been, and you know it's going to be a long off season. We'll probably talk about it on the podcast just about every week, even in the off season. What's going on with UNLV? Who left? I'm I'm pretty confident it's going to be early on in the process. Like as soon as the year ends, these kids are going to say, "I'm leaving." And I won't be surprised. People on Twitter, UNLV fans, are very—you know—they think that that's not going to happen. It's going to happen because a college basketball nowadays, kids don't stay, and b they're not going to stay for a coach and a program that's just not very good. And UNLV lost a really good recruit uh, in Zion Collins, and it was very unfortunate what happened. It was very deserving what he got because of what he did, however. Program-wise, if you're just talking about the program and not the person he killed, it's very—it's not good for UNLV. They're still going to get a couple other kids that's going to come in and maybe a transfer or two, and it'll be okay. But it's going to be, you know, eight months from end of the season to the beginning of the season, and there's going to be a lot of things that are transpiring. Uh, In the other, uh. Other news with the other UNLV basketball program, the Lady Rebels, they had a really good end to their season. They won five games in a row. They earned the number two seed. It's the highest seed that a UNLV women's basketball program has ever earned. And everybody was really optimistic that, that this team could run run the table and get to the Mountain West Final. Well, they ran into a Wyoming team who was the 10 seed. They Wyoming beat the 7 seed. I believe it was Utah State, if I'm not mistaken. They beat them on... Sunday and they earned a game against the Lady Rebels and they hit fi- Wyoming hit 15 threes. That's a tournament record and I wasn't able to find it but I'm pretty sure that's a men's and women's tournament record. You're not going to beat anybody when somebody else hits 153s it's not going to happen. And the Lady Rebels lost and they had a great year and and you know I tweeted out that they're going to be back. They're an up and coming up and coming program. Um their coach Lindy Larock is is has this thing going in the right way. Uh this program going in the right direction in my opinion. And they'll be back. Um w- what's going to be important for her is to keep the kids she has and retool and get players that will join up and make this team better than a first round exit in the mountain West tournament because they played much better than that. And sometimes in post-season tournaments, what happens is you run into a team that's better than you, hotter than you and, and, and excelling at the right time. And that's what it's going to, and you're going to see that in both men's and women's tournaments. Um, so congrats to the lady rebels on a really good year. Uh, and and we'll look forward to seeing them in the future. Um, we're going to move into some other things, uh, a lot of stuff to talk talk about. Silver Knights are 10-1 and 1 in their first season. Uh, really, really amazing start for that team. And their game against Colorado, the Eagles, that was scheduled for last night, was postponed due to uh, COVID cases in the Silver Knights organization. So that game will get rescheduled. And we'll see how many other games the Silver Knights are going to miss. Um, there's really no, there hasn't been any word on who the player is, how many. It's really hush-hush. All we know is, is that the game for yesterday was canceled. Um, and they will be able to have, this was some news that came out um, today, that they will be able to have 15% capacity fans at the orleans arena and with about you know 7700 and change uh, capacity that's about 1100 uh, tickets and those tickets will go on sale tomorrow and that's a really good thing we're starting to get back to normal starting to see people in buildings it's a really really good thing um let's see so we talked about uh unlv lady rebels silver knights let's head in and talk about the golden knights Paul is very sleepy, but we're gonna do this. We're gonna get through this. We've got, you know, she's amazing. She takes care of the kids and everything at the home, and it's just I can't thank her enough, and I appreciate her doing this with me. Um, so let's start off with uh, a week ago today. Um, I write down recaps because I know that our brains won't remember otherwise. So, um, Minnesota came to T-Mobile. Uh, last Monday night and um, the golden Knights defeated the wild in overtime five to four. Uh, Vgk was down four to two in the third period and they were able to tie the game mm-hmm. um, on a max patcher ready goal and I believe win the game in overtime on a max patch yeah. ready goal that was the five assists by Stone um two goals and assist. For Max Pacioretty, um, Glass, Cody Glass, Nick Hagan, Alex Tuck all had goals uh, in that one. Wednesday, they beat Minnesota again. This team can ha, has had trouble against Minnesota, especially in Minnesota, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But they beat them twice at T-Mobile Arena. They beat them 5-1 to one, uh, last Wednesday. Um, William Carlson, Chandler Stevenson... Mark Stone and Alex Tuck all had a goal and an assist. Uh, Nick Hague had two assists. Marsh So with a goal. Max Patcherdy with an assist. Cody Glass with an assist. It was a big scoring night yeah. for the team. Uh, Flurry was great again, per the usual. I think I just copy and paste that. Flurry was great per the usual because it's just. Was
1: that the game you had an issue with Flurry?
0: No, th- I think that is. Was that Monday? When it was five to because because they beat him five to one. I had an issue with Flurry when he was given up four goals and I thought that he should have been pulled. I think that was Monday when they won five okay. to four in overtime and they were down four to two in the third period. That was my issue with Flurry. I thought that he was tired because I think that that was his eighth or ninth in a row. Mm-hmm. He was tired, and I thought that they gave Oscar Dansk a shot. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Um, but they they gave Oscar Dansk a shot. And I thought they should have did it earlier, because I felt that Flurry was tired. And they left Flurry in, and hit, you know the Knights were able to you know come back. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's what it's about, you know what I mean? You get more goals than the other team, great. Even though you give up four, Flurry doesn't give up that many. Normally, yeah, right. He's only had got like a goal and a half a game. Um, so they were two and zero for the week after Wednesday, and then on Friday night they went to San Jose and. Pachuretti again with two goals, including the winner in overtime. Kind of like the same thing that happened Monday, mm-hmm. happening again Friday night. The my issue here was that the Knights were up three to one and four to two, yep. and they blew a goal lead, a, a one goal late in the game on a freak play. This was when Oscar Dansk was in the game, and he tried to do a, he tried to act like Flurry with the poke check, oh, that's right. and he got burned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember. Um, And it ended up in the goal, and that was with less than a minute left, and that tied the game and it sent it to overtime, where Pacioretty again was able to uh, propel the Knights to a win. Um, Mark Stone, two assists. Uh, Alex Tuck with another goal. Was on Him and Pacioretty are just on some kind of tear uh, lately. Uh, three out of the last four games up until this point had gone to overtime for the Knights, which is a lot... Mm-hmm of play and ryan reeves fight really propelled the team because there was kind of a l- lack of energy in the middle of the game and ryan reeves came out in the third period and i forget the guy who he decided um, to fight but he it wasn't balsers i like saying balsers i don't know that's one of the guys names but it was against a guy that they were talking pre-game and they were probably discussing how a, they were gonna fight good fight and Reeves was like, you know what, my team's lacking energy. Let me let me beat somebody up. And it was a good fight. You know, each guy got a you know a couple of good shots in. Um, <coughs> something else strange that happened before their game on Friday. They were kicked out of their hotel. Yeah. Before the game, during their pregame meal, the hotel declared bankruptcy and closed <laughs> during their stay. And that's the stay. That's the place where all the NHL teams that go to San Jose. Use
1: well, not anymore. Not
0: anymore. Just so bizarre. I mean, I was thinking about that all that day. I I yeah, really have I never you heard of something. It up like
1: fifteen times.
0: I could never. I I've never. I don't think I've ever heard. It's not like I'm a, I'm an athlete or I'm on the road, but you know things get to the news, and I don't remember ever hearing of such a thing. It, it was it was insane. Okay, everybody, get up, sir. Put that spoon down. Okay, we're closed. And I'm like, are you serious? I mean. I don't get to finish my meal. I have to pack my crap. I mean, this is ridiculous. And they went out and they won a game that night with all that distraction. Yeah. It just mind blowing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing much really to say there. I don't know nothing that. much really to say. So after that game, it was the Knights up up, up until that point best 20 game start in history. Wow. Um, at 15 4 and 1. They did take on San Jose again on Saturday. Mm -hmm. For nothing A pretty easy game Uh, Tuck with two goals again I think I've just been copying and pasting that too Alex Tuck has been on some kind of run Um, He has 12 on the year To lead the team I think Pacioretty has 10 or 11 He's right behind him Where's Carlson? Carlson is nowhere Carlson's assisting Yeah, yeah, But he is not scoring And when that picks up, look out But right now he's not Um, fifth straight win at the time for Marc-Andre Fleury, only allowing seven goals, Mm -hmm. uh, up until that Saturday win, 12 and three and 15 starts this year and his 64th shutout in his career. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, we were going to do the podcast Sunday, some stuff kind of, a lot of stuff's going on and we didn't. So now there's an extra game on this week's, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're going over and it was unfortunately... Not a win. So we could have been talking about four VGK wins, which we are still, but it was four and one. They lost to Minnesota two to, two to nothing. Um, I guess in the game before Saturday night, Mark Stone and mm-hmm. Alex Petrangelo got a little banged up. They were not in the lineup. And Flurry was, was still good. He just didn't get any support. And it's amazing when you don't have guys in the lineup like Mark Stone because Alex Petrangelo is starting to come on. And when you don't have guys like that, you're, you know, your captain and your assistant captain in the lineup, you see the difference. And Fleury can only do what he can do.
1: Shouldn't they be good regardless? I don't know. I was a little disappointed with how they played.
0: Not when you're inserting Dylan Coghlan, who is has a lot of potential <clears throat> instead of Alex Petrangelo. And not when you're putting Keegan Colsar in instead of Mark Stone. Those guys are good, but they're good with those players, not instead of those players. And Braden McNabb was not ready to come back yet. He should be back uh, tomorrow night, but he is not back yet. So now you're down Petrangelo and McNabb and you're trying to supplement. It's just not going to work out that way. Yeah. You need, you you know what I mean? Like if, if, if those guys were playing with them, you're good. But I mean, if this is going to be and you know, if this is going to be longer term, like Petrangelo, with you know, I hear it's a wrist issue, that could be a little bit longer term. I think Stone is just kind of a bump see. and a bruise type of thing. But you know, if we can get McNabb back, I'd feel better about Petrangelo being gone a week. If we get him back, which we should. Um,
1: you think it's just going to be a week?
0: I hear it's longer than they thought. So if it was day-to-day originally, maybe it's week-to-week now. Um, If they put him on the injured list, then, you know, it it can always be retroactive to when he got hurt. But if they put him on the injured list, he has to stay out 10 games. I don't really foresee that. But again, I don't know the extent. I would hope it's not. Um, Because the Knights, you know, at this point are 16-5-1, you know, top of the West Division you know they need to keep that going cuz we're going to get to the point when we're going to be halfway through soon. Mm-hmm. And you know top 4 in each division move on. It's not a time to slip. You know, it's a time to excel. So, you know, I think that you'll probably see these guys come back this week, hopefully.
1: What about Leonard? I know I know well, you're going to say they put him on long-term injury. Y- yes, but that or was ro- retro- retroactive. Right, I know. Right, you right. say you you say the same thing every every hour.
0: But he's not ready yet. He's like he hasn't even I don't think he's practiced. I don't think so. And so that's going to take a little bit of time cuz he's got to get back in the, you know, game speed and practice and you know what I mean, they they take it slow. First you wear this color jersey, then you wear this one, then they let you skate a little, then you get to skate with people, then 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 you get to sit on the same, you know, in the same bench area. They take it so slow in hockey, it's kind of ridiculous, but it, it is a pretty Physical sport, and I'm not really sure something happened damaging to the shoulder. That's more than we know. That is for sure. Um, I would really hope that we would, you know, I kind of go back and forth. I'd really like Leonard to come back, but Flurry's been doing so good, so it's kind of like, does he need to come back? But then
1: I want him to come back to give Flurry a break, but I'm concerned that it's going to just be. All about Leonard again, and it really, after the way that flurry's performed, it shouldn't be
0: No, no, no i we spoke about this, and we said that well, I said to you that it should be Flurry's gig until flurry exactly. fucks up. It shouldn't be platooning, it should be flurry every night. Yeah. And then Leonard when Flurry needs a rest. Right. Hasn't the man earned it? I mean, look, I know that I'm changing my tune, but that was before the season started and I really thought that Leonard was the better option. He's, I was wrong and has, I can admit
1: it. He has earned it.
0: He has. He has. And I have zero other, faith in Oscar Dance.
1: You know, and, and to think otherwise or you know it it will be clear at that point it's because Pete Jabor doesn't care for Flurry. Because you can't criticize his performance right now. It's amazing. Right. So if Leonard comes back and it's all about him, you know, it's obvious that it's a flurry issue.
0: Right. It's obvious that he has something against mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And it was even, it was obvious. I mean, I mean it people was thought that before. before but, right.
1: I mean, this this will be glaring. Right. In my opinion. I mean,
0: Oscar Dance got the start for the first time. He hadn't been with the team in 19 months. Right. I mean, and the last time we saw him before this, I think he gave up like six or seven goals. It wasn't very good. And he gave up goals his team fought for him. Right. Which was good to see because he was in line for the win in regulation and that freaky goal happened and it shouldn't have. And they felt bad and they got him that win and that was good. But I don't have confidence in him going forward backing Flurry up.
1: I have more confidence in him than um, Ban. Yes. So, but I have more
0: confidence in Leonard backing well, Flurry yes, than anyone. Yes, but you're
1: talking about um, apples and oranges. Maybe
0: they got rid of the wrong guy. Maybe they should have gotten rid of uh, Danskin, and kept Suban.
1: Oh, God, no.
0: I don't know. Malcolm's doing some good things in Chicago this year. He's been really good for them. And I know that he'll crap himself, but I'm just, it's only a matter he knows of time. He's
1: playing hockey now. He does. That's an improvement. He
0: hand. does. And he's playing on a team that really that he really should be on. The Blackhawks suck. They're bad.
1: That's not nice.
0: And he's not that great of a goaltender. So it's perfect. But he's having a good year for them. And everybody in Las Vegas seems to be happy for him that he's not with the Knights but having a good year (laughs) elsewhere. Everybody's really, really happy about that. Um, We're definitely going to see this week, you know, kind of what this team is made of. Wanted to pull up the schedule. A little bit. Let me do that. Um, So it looks like they're going to get Minnesota again. God, I'm so sick of them playing Minnesota. They're not. I mean, Minnesota and Columbus and Boston, three teams they can't beat. And the other two teams they don't have to deal with until they got to the Stanley Cup final this year. So they will take on uh, Minnesota tomorrow night, uh, seven o'clock Pacific time. Actually, sorry, four o'clock Pacific time. Uh, and they will take on St. Louis. Uh, two games after that, on a back-to-back, uh, both in St. Louis, continuing that, finishing up that six-game uh, road swing. Um, both of those games are at five o'clock Vegas time. The great thing is, is when you play in the Central Time Zone, games are earlier, and everybody can see them, and so it's really wonderful. And then they'll return home a week from today to face to face those. <laughs> I was going to say face and shark at the same time, and it came out face uh, to face those pesky San Jose Sharks. Next Monday at T-Mobile Arena, and they'll be home for a couple games, and then they'll go back out on the road. So we'll be covering three games mm-hmm. um, uh, next Sunday if we get a chance to podcast again. Was there anything you wanted to touch on? Did we miss anything? No. Crazy. There's been a lot. There's been a lot, but I. There's been a lot of, of crap. Let me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to check my Twitter for stuff that I've tweeted, because that kind of reminds me sometimes. Um, this is going to take a while. There's a bill in the Nevada <laughs> legislature. I want to talk. I want to talk. I wanted to let you know about this that would bar offensive school names and mascots, okay. such as rebels. It's in the legislation. Might get past it, might not, but if it does, UNLV would need a new name, mm-hmm. which I don't feel is offensive. I don't feel like the premise that it was built on is offensive. There was an offensive mascot once upon a time, it was retired. I feel like the mascot is a rebel rebelling from the University of Nevada, Reno, creating its own university. In the south rebel, of Nevada. They
1: rebel from, from winning, for sure.
0: Okay. This year and for the past six or seven, they've rebelled <laughs> from winning. They have. That's good. I'm going to tweet that. That's really good. Okay. I'll, I'll actually – you can tweet that from yours. Um, Other good things that are happening, uh, a really, really good scheduling note for UNLV. They will face uh, a really loaded field in the um, coaches versus cancer. Uh, Roman – which is a male enhancement pill. It's a sponsor of the Coaches versus Cancer at T-Mobile. So it's a Roman main event, and you will see UNLV face uh, Arizona, Michigan, and Wichita State. They'll face two out of those three teams. Loaded field at T-Mobile Arena November 19th and 21st. That's going to be really cool. That's a really good opportunity. UNLV hasn't had a really good schedule as of years because they suck, so why play a schedule that you're going to get your ass kicked with um, And more TJ Outselberger stuff. Uh, he was asked today if he had any interest in the Iowa State job. Mm-hmm. And his response, which in my mind is very interesting, and it's only one, two, three, four, five, seven words, is I don't have any comment on that.
1: Okay. And again, I say to you, I think you're maybe looking too deep into it.
0: Paul, let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Are you going to move? Are you moving to the state of Iowa? Yes or no? No. Right. That's what I wanted from but TJ But we are not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Same... It doesn't matter.
1: Yes, it does.
0: I don't have any comment on that. You know how many times I've heard coaches across the country from every sport say, I don't, I don't have a comment on that. You and then what? a week later, they leave. I'm telling you, there is something to this. We know that there's something He's to this. He's
1: not that great of a coach.
0: But he is top two in terms of Iowa State's list of coaches. How do
1: you know that?
0: It's been reported. By who? I have sources.
1: You don't have shit.
0: Nobody needs to know that I don't. I don't. I have sources. You don't have shit. Yes, I do.
1: Okay, you okay. think. I don't believe. I'm telling
0: you. And it...
1: Okay. Fine, if I'm not when
0: Iowa on. State and UNLV seasons are both done, if this doesn't work out with Otzelberger leaving, it's money and that's it. That and is, be- but believe he's not me, that
1: great of a coach. If
0: he could get them to wait until July 1st and give them a promise. A
1: promise of what? That he'll
0: leave. It'll cost $2 million less of he's TJ not Otzelberger's worth salary. That money. He's not worth what he's getting at UNLV right now. However, he's getting it. He's been on that staff twice. He's from the area. It's his dream job. The people at that school and the people at... And Otzelberger's people know each other. There's there's a connection. Mm-hmm. When you have a connection where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay?
1: I don't necessarily agree, but... We'll find out. Yep. We'll
0: find out. I should do a poll. If I do a poll with LV fans, they're all going to say, he's not leaving.
1: You just made fun of your fan base. I didn't make fun of them. Yes, you did. No, I didn't.
0: I said that, that nice. they don't... Believe that he's going to leave. Because a lot of these fans are delusional.
1: And you made fun of them again. I didn't
0: make fun of them. They're delusional. They are. They are. They think that UNLV still like is in the 90s. And they're not.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So. That's what I think about that. I'm not saying every fan is. I'm saying that a lot (laughs) of people on Twitter. That I run into.
1: (laughs) You run into.
0: Are... A dissatisfied that Otzelberger is not having this team in the NCAA tournament in year two. That's half the fan base. Okay. The other half of the fan base is like, we need to we need to get a better coach. And then the names that they list are all people that UNLV would never get. UNLV is not a stepping stone job UNLV is a job that someone should stay for a while but UNLV is a job that somebody young and up and coming from a smaller school will come to and win at nobody is leaving a big program and going to UNLV you're coming you're going to leave a VCU you're going to leave a Arkansas Little Rock you're going to leave a Pacific you're going to leave a smaller school and you're going to end up at UNLV and you're going to build that's what's going to happen here TJ Atzelberger, South Dakota State, to UNLV, you're going to build. You're going to give him time or you're not going to give him time. Half the fan base says, we should be better than this. Who do you think you are? They should
1: be better than what they are. I agree. But UNLV
0: has not been good in forever. That needs to change. Right. Time will change that. You have to give this guy time. They wrote off Marvin Menzies from day one. They wrote off Dave Rice from day one. No, they didn't. They, they wrote gave off...
1: Dave Rice too much time.
0: No, no. The university did. The fan base wrote him off because he's. Because that was Lon Kruger's players, right? Exactly. So since Lon Kruger, you've had nothing, and before Lon Kruger, well, after Tark, is to you've had nothing. You talk about every week. I'm every just saying day on
1: Twitter. I don't People
0: know. UNLV fan wise are just they're so tough to talk to because. They have this idea that Larry Johnson and Stacy Ogman are going to suit up. And they're not.
1: Didn't I just ask you about that? What? They were supposed to someone was supposed to get the job before. Well, Stacy was on
0: Dave Rice's staff. Right, but he was never gonna get the job. He's Larry... not a head coach. Well He's not. And so many people are like, Bring Stacy back. Why? Stacy Ogman's not a head coach. He's not there. He had people on his staff that were head coaches. Todd Simon.
1: Again with this guy. Oh coach of
0: the year for Southern Utah in their conference. In the big sky. Coach of the year. Was on Dave Rice's staff. Ryan Miller. Premier assistant coach on Dave Rice's fans staff.
1: fans for wanting a winning team. I'm I sorry. Like that's f- ridiculous. Patience.
0: You have to be okay. patient. UNLV has had three NCAA tournament victories since 1991 and six appearances. Enough with you thinking that you're big shit. You have to build shit. You have to build. There is no making fun of a fan base that has nothing to make fun of. This school, since 1991, has, lack of better words except for a couple of good long Kruger years, been a laughing stock. Thirty years. Thirty years in April was the last time you and was in the Final Four.
1: Okay.
0: Haven't been back since. One Sweet Sixteen. That's what you got against with a guy who has taken Oklahoma to the Final Four since he's been gone. Winning year NCAA tournament you know, just about every is year.
1: And uh, you know. In hindsight, it's 2020. Some
0: guy tells me I don't have. I watched the UNLV games. Have you watched the UNLV games? David Jenkins got third team All Conference. Exactly what I said. People don't believe he deserved it. Why? A guy averaging 15 points a game. Everybody, he's 11th in the conference in scoring. Everybody, 10th and up got on the team. So yes, Bryce Hamilton got second team. David Jenkins got third team, and Mbakhe Jean got honorable mention. UNLV is shut out of big awards like Coach of the Year and Player of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year and Newcomer of the Year because they don't have anybody good. That's why. Um, Let's see. Only three schools have never won a Mountain West Player of the Year, and UNLV is one of them. San Jose State and Wyoming is the other. Uh, let's see. What else did we not cover? Let's see. We covered that. We covered that. Coach of the year in the Mountain West is Brian Dutcher. I thought it was going to be Nico Medved from Colorado State. It's Brian Dutcher. Go figure. Let's see. Now, something I want to do. We're going to end with this because this has been a very productive podcast, in my opinion. Um, we're going to do Jason and Paula's Mountain West. <laughs> Picks, Mountain West tournament picks. Start of March Madness. I also wanted to say that with the NCAA tournament coming, something that we could do each Sunday, the you know the couple of weeks of the tournament, is we could do our you know we could predict our bracket. Okay. For those for that weekend. Um. So you have four days. Uh, you'll have a handful of games. It'll get less as the you know, as the weeks go on. Right. But you have two good weekends. So the next couple of podcasts, we'll do that um, because Selection Sunday is a week from yesterday. And then um, next Sunday for the podcast, we'll be able to kind of talk about that a little bit. But Mountain West Conference Tournament bracket picks. We're going to let the lady go first. Okay. Okay, here we go. This is good. Paula loves this, guys. Okay, so first game of the day is tomorrow. It's tomorrow in the morning, I believe. Um Wyoming takes on San Jose State in the eight nine game. Wyoming is the eighth seed. San Jose State is the nine seed. Who do you have?
1: Wyoming. I don't like San Jose.
0: Okay. So Paula has Wyoming. They'll move on okay. to play San Diego State. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh UNLV against Air Force. Uh Air Force. you're gonna take Air Force. Yep. Wow. And she told me I disrespected Rebel fans. Well, wait. I Air Force. Not calling them morons. Goodness, good. I didn't say morons. (laughs) I said unrealistic. Okay. I said unrealistic and uh, in their own little dream world. Okay? Okay. And I hope the seven people that listen hear that. Okay. So, let's see. Fresno State against New Mexico. Fresno State is a 6. 11 is the New Mexico. New Mexico is the 11. Fresno Hold on. Hold on.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. You don't listen. You don't. Listen.
0: Do you realize that we've done this for how long, and now I got to figure that out?
1: Oh, <laughs> you left it in.
0: Yes.
1: Oh, Did God. you see? You paused it.
0: Hold on. I added a flag. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Fresno State against New Mexico. You picked who?
1: Fresno. Okay,
0: here we go. Ready? San Diego State against Wyoming. Who do you have? That's the one versus the eight. You want San Diego State? Yeah. Uh, Boise State against Nevada in the 4-5 game. Boise State is 4, Nevada is 5. Nevada. Mm -hmm. Of course you would pick Nevada. (laughs) Uh, Air Force, the 10 seed against Utah State. The 2 seed. Utah. Yeah. That's a good idea. (laughs) Fresno State against Colorado State in the 6-3 game. Colorado State is the 3 seed. Fresno State is the 6 seed. Against who? Fresno State is the 6 seed. I heard that. Colorado State.
1: Okay, that's all you got
0: to say. Who do you have? Colorado <laughs> You want Colorado State? Okay. Okay. Semifinals on Friday night: uh, San Diego State against Nevada. Nevada, one versus five. That's a really bad choice. All right. <laughs> I don't care. All right. And Utah State, the two against Colorado State, the three. <laughs> Wait, what
1: was the first one? Utah State. Okay, Utah.
0: Okay. Championship game, Nevada against Utah State. Nevada. (laughs) Such a traitor. Hear that, everyone? So, it looks like uh, Paula has Nevada as the champion of the Mountain West. Hey. Yeah. You never know. That's calling fans morons. Yeah. (laughs) Nevada's the champ of the Mountain West. So, for me, I would go Wyoming um, against San Diego State. Uh, Is that what I picked? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would take UNLV instead of Air Force against, you know, to go to Utah State. Um, I would take Colorado State. No, I would take Fresno to beat New Mexico. And then I would take San Diego State against Nevada. No. San Diego State against Boise State would be my... Uh, first semifinal, and then Utah State and Colorado State. That's what you had in the second semifinal, and then I like San Diego State against Utah State in the championship game, Mm. and that's a rematch of last year. Utah State won the Mountain West championship last year, beating San Diego State. I like San Diego State this year uh, to win the Mountain West tournament. They won the regular season title, so I'll take the Aztecs to win the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. So, with that, we'll wrap it up. We got our picks for the Mountain West tournament. We'll see how those went next week. And we'll also talk about March Madness, UNLV. Uh, we'll talk about Golden Knights, Silver Knights, and uh, much, much more. So, please give a listen, give some feedback. Follow us mm-hmm. on Twitter at the Vegas Fever Pod for me. And Paul is at the Golden Wife. Yep. And uh, everybody stay safe. Have fun. Enjoy your week.
1: Bye.